you know, as we talk about the blood of Jesus, this scripture out of Philippians still stays forefront to me because if we don't understand the humility of Jesus, we miss everything anyways. Because it's only through him being willing to humble himself that we are forgiven. And that brings me, um, let me see where I want you to go first. Um, John chapter 1. Gospel of John chapter 1. But Philippians 2, 5 to 11, and, and we've been looking at this for quite some time, but it really, to me, never hurts to be reminded of the humility of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Without his humility, we could not be saved. It, it would be impossible for us. And then to also realize that this was God's plan from the very beginning anyways. And they just worked it out. They, they just fulfilled it. And uh, again, let me remind you of Revelations 13, 8, uh, where it says, and all who dwell on earth and will worship it, everyone whose name has not been written in written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Now, I don't know why they say it like that, but he was slain before the foundations of the world. Jesus was. He was that Lamb. And so, when we look at this, I want us to understand this truth because it shows us that we can trust God. We can trust God the Father. We can trust God the Son. We can trust God the Holy Spirit. You can trust Him. You can, you can count on Him like nobody else. No matter what we face, where we find ourselves in life, however we got there in life, God is with us. And He has good plans for us. First uh, Corinthians five seven. This is these are ones that we've looked at in the past. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. And then Leviticus seventeen eleven. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. And We see in the scripture from the very beginning that the blood of animals only temporarily covers. And God set that up. Uh, remember, anything that happens first in the Bible is the way it's going to be. And so after the fall of man, when he covers them, he covered them not by the fig leaves that they tried to do, but by animal skin, which means that there was the shedding of blood. 
so that's a first. But it, that was all just pointing, leading us towards Christ. And so that was temporary and it only covered. But the blood of Jesus Christ not only covers, but he's able to forgive completely and then change us from the inside. I. In my mind, you know, it's it's hard being a pastor sometimes because you have so much that you want to share and then but you got to build on. But I'm going to. I'm going to skip for a moment. We're going to come back and visit this because this is so amazing to me. The covenant that God made with Abraham, and we're going to look at that in detail in, in a few weeks, Lord willing. But that covenant, the blessing of that covenant, according to Paul in Galatians, was the Holy Spirit in us. And if that was the blessing, then that means that God knew that with the shedding of His blood that we would be made new from the inside out. Isn't that amazing? That God would be able to be reunited with us, alive with the Holy Spirit, alive with the Spirit of God, because of the covenant that He made with us. He knew all of this was coming. Mm. And when they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, and there's a message on that coming. When they tried to do it, they tried to do it according to their own works, according to their own righteousness. And we read last week where that's just like filthy rags. And so it always brings us back to the place that we have to trust and we can trust in God. And God couldn't accept that because it was their own works. It was their own means of covering. It was something that they tried to earn and they weren't able to do it because they had fallen. They were unrighteous. Unrighteousness can't satisfy a righteous God or a righteous decree. Only a righteous one can, and that's Jesus. Mm. Hebrews 9.22 Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And again, Jesus Blood not only forgives us, but it makes us new. It makes us new creations. Think about the how Paul was writing. I mean, I get excited now when I'm reading some of his letters because I'm thinking, this dude was excited. I mean, he's bringing real revelation to us. We're new creations because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We, we're not subject to the bondage of our old life, to the struggles that we had. Now, we may still struggle with them, but we don't have to. Ah, he, through the blood of Jesus Christ, he forgives us, makes us new, makes us new creations, which means, you know, sometimes I don't think that we think it all the way through. That means that we can walk in a new way. We can think in a new way. We can see life in a new way. We can speak life in a new way. Mm. Hallelujah. And try as hard as we can. We have nothing to offer to God that will cover our sin, that will forgive us. There's nothing. That brings us to John chapter 1, verse 29. John chapter 1, verse 29. And after we read this, if you want to go to Exodus chapter 12. 
John 1.29 says, The next day he saw Jesus. And this is John the Baptist. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so John is seeing this not in the natural. He doesn't see Jesus in the natural. And he's cousin to him. He's related to him. Probably grew up together for a while until John decided to head for the desert. But he knew. He saw Jesus in a different way. And he declares him as the Lamb of God. Now, I, I want us to pause and think about this for a moment because this is something I hadn't considered, but it's something that we need to. He didn't say, behold, Jesus, the king. And yet Jesus was a king. He didn't say, behold, Jesus, the priest. And he was a priest. And he didn't say, behold, Jesus, the prophet. And he was. But he declares him, Jesus. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you'll turn with me to Exodus chapter 12. Oh. Just take a deep breath in. You're going to see this in the scriptures as we read them. But this little subtitle is A Lamb, The Lamb, Your Lamb. Okay? That's in Exodus chapter 12 that we're going to see this. Starting in verse 3. This is the beginning of God giving Moses instruction to the people of Israel while they're in Egypt getting ready to leave Egypt and the death angel is going to come and he tells them this is what you're supposed to do. So Exodus 12 verse 3. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month every man shall take a lamb. Everybody say a lamb. According to their father's houses. A lamb. Everybody say a lamb. A lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, and I say a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Everybody say the lamb. All right, so this is in three and four. A lamb, he talks about it. Now they're getting closer. And now he changes it and he says, the lamb. You ready for verse 5? Watch this. Your lamb. Everybody say, your lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. A lamb becomes their lamb, the lamb that becomes your lamb, our lamb. That's amazing progression for me. And 
when you get to verse 5, that progression is they're taking ownership of that lamb. And how is it that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who offers forgiveness for us. But guess what? You can talk about Him as a Lamb. You can even talk about Him as the Lamb. And that doesn't do you any good until He becomes your Lamb. Isn't that amazing how God had all of this set up? And this is a beautiful prophetic description of Jesus. He's a lamb. He's the lamb. And as he has proved, when he shed his blood for you and I, he, God's ultimate desire is he becomes our lamb. We choose him as our lamb. That he becomes our lamb. Your lamb. Amazing how God is. And he started this back in Exodus. And he tells them, and, and really... When you study this out, this feast, the Passover, is the beginning of all of them. But this is, God is laying it out from the very beginning. If people miss this, it's, I don't know how you miss it. I mean, we do. People do. Because it's not enough to hear how he came to die for all mankind as a lamb. The lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Our sins. But we need to receive him into our lives as our personal Savior and Lord. He must become our lamb. Not a lamb, not the lamb, but our lamb. The Israelites took ownership, personal ownership of the lamb into their homes, and it became their lamb. And this lamb would be sacrificed in Exodus chapter 12, according to that, and it shed blood when applied as God instructed would provide protection for all who were inside the household. Remember that they were supposed to sacrifice that lamb. They would catch the blood in a basin. They would take hyssop, and they would dip it into the blood and they would mark the, the lintel and the two side posts of the doorway. And when they did that, they would have protection. God promised, He promised them that if you will do this, when the death angel comes, He will pass over your house and you will be saved. You will have protection. But that means they had to apply it to the sides and the top of their doors. Now, I know I've shared on this before, but I'm going to hopefully let us see it again. When they applied the blood of the lamb on the post and on the lintel, the top, that forms the cross. Okay? Turn with me to John chapter 10, please. John chapter 10. Now, as you're turning there, I want you to know they didn't say do this to the garage. They didn't say do, put the blood, apply it on the windows or the side of the window. It's the door. Everybody say the door. 
Oh, God is so rich. So amazing. John chapter 10. We're going to see what Jesus has to say about himself in verse 9. John 10, 9. Are you ready for this? Put your seatbelts on. Jesus said in John 10, 9, I am the door. He is the door. And notice what he says. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. What's he saying? You're going to be saved. You're going to have protection. I'm going to be with you. I'll be with you when you're in your house. But now I'll be with you when you're outside of your house. Whatever you do, whatever your hands find to do, what does he say? What is his promise? Do it unto the Lord and he's going to be right there. Now, let me, let's paint this picture if we can. At Calvary, the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, right? Okay. Was on the door, Jesus, giving all who come through that door, Jesus, the promise of eternal protection from sin and death. Isn't that amazing? If you weren't saved, I'm trusting that you want to be saved by now. Man. Now, let's take it a step further because in the Hebrew culture, they had multi-generations living within their household. And so he's not just saying that you will be saved, but he's saying all who are in your household will be saved. When you read in Acts, like even with Cornelius, even though he's a, a Gentile, it says that after he came to the Lord, everybody in his household came to know the Lord. And it says that with other people as well, that their whole household came to know. Why? Because the blood of the Lamb is applied to the post, and Jesus is the doorway. He's the door. And when we come in and out, he's going to take care of us. So just think about it. When, if you were in Egypt, you're inside your house, you've got multi-generations in there, you apply the blood of the lamb on the sides and on the top, and then you have the protection of God, you have the God-ordained destiny that is for everyone in that household being secured, being protected, being made alive. Isn't that amazing? Whew. Mm. And we have to, I mean, we know this, but I think it's things that we got to think about, okay? We, we should ponder some things. When they applied the blood on the sides and on the top, that blood was able to protect them. It was able to provide for them. God showed himself faithful to the covenant of Abraham. Okay? 
And if we think about this, in the Old Testament, in what we're studying when, out of Exodus chapter 12, applying the blood to a house was a picture of complete protection. And there was no holes, there were no loopholes getting around for the enemy. It was secure. Now, if the blood of an animal was sufficient to be able to bring protection. What do you think the power of the blood of Jesus will do for us? And there's no loopholes. There's no holes that are in it that the enemy can sneak in. Mm. What an incredible God. And we're going to look later when we deal with the covenant of Abraham that God made with Abraham. We're going to look at the power of two. But I want us to call attention to the two side posts. Okay? Because the two side posts are a prophetic symbol of the two halves of the animals that God used to cut the covenant with Abraham with. Okay? Because it says that God passed between the two halves when he made that covenant with Abraham. And two is necessary for establishing covenant. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 5. I don't want to scare you on this. Applying the blood of Jesus on the side post and the top represents authority over the devil, over our enemy. Now, one of the things we have to understand is the blood was not applied anywhere else. Okay? He never gives them instructions to apply it on the floor uh, or on the ground. Because the blood is sacred and cannot be trampled on. Okay? So they had to be very cautious about that. Now that's not to say that it didn't, but they weren't instructed to do that. You know, they didn't take it and sprinkle it on the floor, on the threshing floor, nothing like that. Okay? In the same way, that the Israelites applied the blood of Jesus, we can too. And we'll get into that later on. But when we apply the blood of Jesus in our lives, it enables that protection, that faithfulness that God has. The blood of a lamb, the lamb, our lamb protects us because of the, gov of the covenant God has made with man. If you're in Revelation chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5. We're going to close with this and then we're going to receive communion. But a little subtitle of this is Worthy is the Lamb. We're going to start in verse 6, Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. 
This is so amazing to me. Revelation 5, 6. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. With seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Verse 7. And he went and took the scroll. This is the lamb who was slain. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sits on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So he's, he's keeping track of our prayers. Amen. Amen. That's good news. We may forget what they are, but he doesn't. And they may not come to pass in our time, but they will in His. Verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God. Everybody say for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them. Everybody say made them. All right. Now, if you're born again, I'm going to talk about you right now. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. Isn't that a good life? That beats the life you're living without Him. Because the life that we try to live without Him or try to live without being obedient to Him, we're not reigning. It's reigning on us. Verse 11. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voices of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Let you in on a little secret. There's seven things there that he tells us. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, wealth, wisdom. You know, James says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Because he is our wisdom. And the wisdom that comes down from heaven is Peaceable. Mm. To receive might 
and the honor and glory and blessing. As we close our 21 day fast, we are ready to receive communion and and may we see how God has laid out in the Old Testament the way for us to be saved, the way for us to enter into a new life, to have the blessings of God come upon our life, to have the blessing of Abraham to come upon our life, which is us being filled with the Holy Spirit. May we understand how God has worked His plan all along, all the way through for us, that we would be able to walk in the powerful blood of Jesus. Shed for us. Shed for us.